Okay, so today I'm really happy to welcome on the Metaverse show, Thomas Kang, Vice President and General Manager at Store Novate. Welcome, Thomas. So I believe I can call you uh, Tom throughout this. So store number eight, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it is an incubation arm of Walmart, um, still today's uh, the world's largest retailer, effectively looks at supporting self-contained companies that benefit from startup speed and enterprise scale, ultimately with the goal of enriching the lives of Walmart customers and, and its partner network. A number of reasons why we've got you on the show. Of course, we've just uh, launched and are recruiting for a Basecamp program that we're running together, which is um, store number eight. Basecamp, along with a venture partner called Synergies Capital, will kind of talk through the, the kind of shared thesis there, looking at the future of retail and, and e-commerce. And of course, you are effectively the, the, the sponsor of that initiative, um, uh, leading store number eight. We also have a, a very interesting background as well beyond that, both in the world of digital media and technology, a serial entrepreneur with a couple of exits, uh, including um uh, various senior roles at Amazon, Amazon Games, Amazon Web Services, and I believe um, an exit to Disney. But we'll, we'll we'll get into that just shortly. So, firstly, welcome on the show, um, and of course, thanks for uh, this kind of brilliant program that that we're running together. Maybe let's learn a little bit about you, Tom. Uh, your, your kind of background. I alluded to some of it there. Um, how did you end up at, at, at store number eight? What's your journey? I'm passionate about video games. My family comes from a Korea. It's a farming family. Went to Korea every summer throughout my childhood, through my high school years. And there's nothing to do on the farm other than go to the video game arcades and play video games. So that's how I got really into this space of interactive digital entertainment. Fast forward a uh, multiple number of years, um, I played a bunch of roles in, uh, in, in corporate at uh, ExxonMobil, Big Oil, but uh, in M&A. But my good friend, uh, Alex Ropian, who I went to college with, who's the co-creator of Halo, asked wow. me to... Um, help uh, look at his company because he had just uh, sold his company to Microsoft. He created a partnership, creating original IP for Disney. And then Disney came calling and said, we'd love to have an organization that could create original IP in an environment where it's very hard to create original IP at Disney through the interactive digital media. And so that's where my entire journey with uh, games and, and, and digital media kind of started. Me and about 25 people left because I had a small epiphany about trying to connect games to causes uh, and we created a company called Zigzag Zoom where if you do something in, in, in a game, something good happens in the world. And then I ended up at Amazon Web Services um, to, to help gamers um, convert to AWS. And then from there, um, I became the head of strategy, uh, business development investments for the entire games organization. I wanted to be in an environment where I could really invent and, and be innovative. I love zero to one problems without having to raise money all the time. As you know, so much of my life uh, in my prior startup have been dedicated to raising money. And so it's actually really funny because you're the second recording I've done today and both are with people in very senior roles in very large organizations that self-identify as gamers first. And it's really interesting that there is now this generation of gamers that are leading strategy at some of the world's leading organizations. Actually, both of you are, are, are kind of looking at this in the context of the metaverse as well. So obviously, you know, the, the kind of vision for the metaverse is, is decades old now, but it's interesting that um, we're starting to have an executive class um, of people that, that, that are kind of coming with that mindset, that philosophy and, and, and think like gamers. And I know 
off air, you were saying that you have an embarrassingly uh, large collection of virtual goods in the tens of thousands of dollars. And so, you know, naturally you understand the benefit, the concepts of digital property and, and the potential of digital property rights. And I know that, of course, whilst our collaboration is very much focused on enabling or applying Web3 primitives and innovations. I know you, you kind of see the metaverse much more broadly than that. Uh, so could you kind of just talk through that that spectrum, you know, how you understand the role of Web3 at versus, you know, say in environments which might be more closed and, and, and limited to a particular platform? Yeah, I, I really believe in the metaverse as a consumer metaverse. Meta, I coined the term within my team, metaverse for everyone. Metaverse is still a very kind of mysterious term to people and everybody defines it in whatever way they'd like to define it. I want to define it in ways where it has actual meaning and utility to people. Um, so it's really about 3D virtual spaces. Um, it's about where people are spending time playing games, uh, connecting socially. Um, so it, it is, it, and, and there are lots of things around it that can enable that ecosystem, including blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, when it comes to kind of the ownership and the commerce aspect of it. Um, because as, as you alluded to before, I've been vir buying virtual goods I played MapleStory and Cartwrighter, which are games, the early, early progenitors of the free-to-play space coming out of Korea, right? And, and so the, the notion of virtual good purchases has, has been here for over a decade. Um, there is no reason to, that, that people are not going to buy physical goods in these spaces. Um, and, so the, and, and also potentially connect their virtual lives to their physical lives. Um, so I, I really think it, the whole thesis is that you know, current and next generation of people are going to be spending more time in these spaces. And we don't want to replace their physical lives. We want to connect it to virtual lives with and, and kind of have this 360 degree ecosystem where, where there, it's a continuum of kind of where they spend their time and, and attention and money. And to what extent, so because we're very much kind of talking about, I guess, this blurring of gaming becoming increasingly a social media, you know, people aren't necessarily there just to play a game they're there to socialize and by virtue of that the opportunity to extend i guess social commerce and and for bra to enable brands to, to kind of have a presence there to what extent are you also looking at innovations in augmented reality where it's kind of l layers of of reality on, on on top of kind of you know the normal experience there are i think about 15 billion devices in the world um, that are connected to the internet. I would like to be able to enable people to enter our metaverse ecosystem with just the modern browser. You know, when people think about immersive experiences, uh, it, it can be somewhere on the XR spectrum. But I think that point around effectively accessibility, right? You know, if 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 if, if there's a hardware barrier, then there's a cost barrier. Then effectively, you're financially excluding people from the system as it goes from just entertainment into uh, a digital economy, a virtual economy where you can earn an income. If the barrier to that is is uh, too too high for most people to participate, then effectively you're excluding huge, huge parts of the population, right? The majority. It's also a kind of a technology barrier, right? It's, it's hardware and technology. We don't want people to have to learn a lot of stuff. I want my mom, who's 82, to be in the metaverse buying stuff, connecting with her, my son, her grandson, interacting in that space. And I don't think that future is that far away to, to interact where he can 
hold her hand in that metaverse, take him to a shopping list, and she buys something for him. So w- when we look at that spectrum of um, participant, user, or, or kind of the population, and, and it's spanning these kind of demographics, obviously they require slightly different experiences and and there's kind of these considerations around safety and creating a safer environment for consumer metaverse how do you consider these things as as a large corporation like like walmart and i worked at disney and you could imagine trust and safety was a very important uh, factor there i I believe in order to be a, a leader in the metaverse and metaverse commerce we have to be leaders in trust and safety in the metaverse and it's still the wild, wild west. <laughs> I think um, store number eight and Walmart has an opportunity to to become the best at trust and safety in the metaverse. It's create a safe environment. I already talked about accessibility and inclusiveness uh, in the metaverse we're trying to build. So I want to make sure that an environment is is trust trusted and safe for for everybody. So. This requires a mixture of um, policies, technologies, and, and just investment in, in, in people. And as we develop this plan for the future, I think um, this is an area where uh, we have uh, tenets related to where we are going with metaverse commerce. This is um, a very important tenet that, that we're going to be thinking about as we build uh, our, our, our business over time. Um, and by the way, I think it's great for ROI. I think creating a, I have a 12 year old and a 15 year old. I want to send them to social spaces that I believe are safe. I want to make sure when I partner with brands that they know that their brands are going to be, um, we're going to be good stewards of their brand. There's going to be no piracy. There's going to be no unauthorized use. So I I think it's good for business. Um, So investing in trust and safety, I think is high ROI. You know, we're talking about virtual goods and obviously that can mean any, any number of things, you know, you mentioned, I guess, uh, in-game items and, and stuff like that. Could you, could you talk us through that, that spectrum um, that where you're seeing, I guess, the most traction or the most revenue opportunity in, in the short to midterm? I think we all know as gamers, the, the place that is, uh, you know, personality, personalization has always been at the front, you know, front forefront of kind of where games and avatars are, are here. So, I really think the first, you know, fashion and apparel and, and digital fashion is an area where we're really looking at um, deeply because, once again, it's it's an it's a it's a behavior that exists already, and there's a vibrant economy, virtual economy that exists already. So, how do we um, think about that in the context of who Walmart is? Um, how do we, for example, take our physical brands and make them virtual? <laughs> Uh, that's a whole new revenue stream and new economy. Um, how do we use virtual worlds and virtual items to inform what we make physically? Does that make sense to you? You know, to eliminate waste, to, to, to be very targeted about what people might like. So I think, you know, that's a space um, we're really focusing on. We always also entertainment, um, music, um, as you all know, you know we all know about the the the, the big concerts that happened in Fortnite, um, that where you know millions of people came and 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 watched at the same time and socialized. So w- we also think there's a um, a great way to engage people through through music and entertainment and in kind of these metaverse worlds uh, to create communities. Um, and so you know and think about commerce related to entertainment and music you know if you think about a brand like disney you know there's there's a huge you know catalog of of potential things people collect 
and buy related to IPs. And so we really like the focus of, like I said, like fashion and entertainment being kind of the initial areas where we explore. Yeah, and I think that point around um, sustainability is key as well. You know, we, we've seen already, even before this program, a number of startups that have gone through previous programs focused on virtual goods or uh, digi-physical goods can uh, have a more um, sustainable supply chain. They can reduce waste. But I think, uh, and I know this is an area of focus within the program thesis as well, this kind of co-creation where you can effectively create a feedback loop with the with the user the end user to inform product development so you know when you actually roll out a product at the scale that you guys can you have kind of greater surety it is what people want right and, and therefore significantly reducing waste improving efficiency effectiveness and stuff like that as corporate citizens that's very very important to, to me and, and i know it is to walmart so i think the ability to impact in that way, we'd all be proud of that. To what extent, because I know this is a focus area for the program as well, is this kind of convergence of AI and blockchain. Obviously, there's a, a lot of hype around generative AI and, uh, and AI tooling. How are you guys thinking about that in the context of the metaverse? Where, where might it converge and impact? So in two ways, it is a buzzword and, and you know, it's, it's in its height of its hype cycle today. Um, but we'd like to think of it in very practical terms. I like, I like AI in, in the form of the ability to create content um, because it, you know, the cost of content creation is very, very expensive and very hard. Uh, imagine in the example that I gave you about creating uh, you know, apparel like fashion, you know, you know, digital fashion design. A big part of the metaverse to me is also about user-generated content. You know, that whole economy is going to involve people creating virtual items and selling them, right? And, and, and Walmart powering all that commerce. Um, so, um, you know, the ability to, uh, for generative AI to enable people to create uh, digital fashion, I think is a fascinating area we're really exploring. Um, the second area is in uh, trust and safety and content moderation. Um, once again, I already said we, we are going to be a, a global leader in and trust and safety in the metaverse. And, and no moderation and trust and safety is perfect, as you know, but, but as, as we can use technology like generative AI and AI to, to you know, dramatically create efficiencies around how we do that. And as, you know, as our database grows and our experience grows, it can get better and better. Yeah, and I guess uh, nobody more than you appreciates the potential having worked at Disney and with Disney, for how the, uh, from a content perspective, how the production process can, I guess, really shift from this industrial era, you know, hundreds of people, several years, hundreds of millions to create content, whether it's a game or a Hollywood blockbuster movie, it's pretty much the same now, right? In terms of cost and, 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 and people power. And then here, effectively, you know, you, you can dramatically reduce down uh, the time to kind of produce that content. And, and then, as you say, allow even people to, to take it one step further, personalize, adapt, and refine. Being at Disney, I saw both movie, you know, TV and film production, and, as well as game. And same with Amazon as well. They, they do both with Prime Video. And it's actually games are becoming more expensive than, than, than movies, right? Uh, and so I, I really think the ability for, ability for AI and generative AI to, to enable that, it's, you're going to see stepfold innovations happening in that space in the next five years. Um, and so we, we want to make sure we're on top of that. Because as I mentioned before, I'm a big believer in, in 
user-generated content. Yeah, and that kind of comes back to this theme around co-creation as well, right? So uh, e- even reinventing what is a brand, you know, we're seeing a lot of native brands born in the metaverse. By default, they're, they're, they're effectively communi- community-generated. But it is interesting to think about, you know, if you're a large IP conglomerate, you know, how you can begin to open up that process to, to kind of fans, fandom, Um, and have them uh, as a more active participant, I guess, in the process. I think there's going to be big paradigm shifts in the future. And I think, you know, how we view commerce could shift. And that's why story exists, right? It's uh, do how do people engage with brands? Um, You know, for example, my son is is a a crazy baseball player. Um, Is he going to go to a Dick's or a sporting goods store uh, in the metaverse? (laughs) Or is he going to go to a, a space uh, where people who love baseball bats hang out? <laughs> Does that make sense? Where brands happen to exist and brands happen to create their entertaining experiences. And, and so all these people who love baseball bats are socializing uh, and talking about the merits of a bat or, or and in the social space where there are commerce opportunities. So these paradigm shifts, I think, are going to happen over time. And we want to be there. Uh, we want to lead it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the really exciting things about the program that we're running is because whilst there are some specific pillars that we're looking at, so four main ones, as I understand it, are commerce infrastructure, yeah. data and growth solutions, yeah. including social, uh, the kind of social component, CRM and marketing suite, immersive experiences, which I think we've talked about everything from gaming through to kind of co-creation, and then this AI plus blockchain uh, stack, yeah. as, as we mentioned, from moderation to user-generated content. Above all of that, uh, I guess, is this thing that we're mutually exploring together uh, along with our our venture partner, which is what does the supply chain of the future look like in the context of the metaverse? Um, And I know some people have referred to it as direct to avatar, for example. You know, uh, how are you guys as an organization thinking about that shift, um, both in, in disruptive terms as well as kind of transformative terms to Walmart. We're, we're a commerce company. <laughs> and, and, and so we want to focus on the things we're very, very good at, which is creating this um, the ability for people to conduct commerce in that environment. Does that make sense? So, And we want to enable that in, in many ways. Over time, it's obviously, we know how it happens today physically. We want to make it happen virtually. And in the future, it could happen in different ways. You and I discuss enable by blockchain, cryptocurrencies, and NFTs, right? So we want to power that commerce and enable people to do that in very convenient and efficient ways. Um, The other interesting advantage we have, and I'm I'm a little straying a little here, is that, as you know, Walmart is within 10 miles of 90% of Americans, right? Um, There's massive opportunity to connect kind of the the virtual and physical elements of this as well, where the experience, you go to the store and you experience something that enables you to, or create some incentive to do something virtually and that is connected. So as I mentioned before, connecting that virtual and physical ecosystem is is very interesting to us and enabling commerce all around that to bring convenience to customers is, is really important for us. And I think 
we're very well positioned to do that because, you know, we have this large physical footprint as well as, you know, a vibrant e-commerce community. Yeah. And for me, I think that's the key thing. That's why, you know, for us, there's, there's no better partner to do this with because ultimately for me, the, the metaverse is, is when the kind of physical and the digital become um, indistinguishable from one another. It, ha- it has to be this kind of seamless experience, as you say, where, you know, you, you can purchase something physically in a virtual sense where many people assumed that e-commerce would totally replace the need for any physical uh, retail outlet. And actually, we've seen that's just not the case, right? If anything, there's a resurgence of uh, physical retail. And so it's much more dynamic um, than kind of just one one medium or, or one distribution channel re- replacing another entirely. Right? The other thing I need to mention is, is as I said, we're focusing on commerce and, and the reason and why we're well positioned. The other element is we're, we're trusted. People trust us to conduct commerce with us. We're talking about payments, right? We're talking about the ability to provide information and, and have an organization which is going to trust their information, right? Uh, you know, like guard it and, and make it safe. And so that's why I think we're very well positioned to kind of connect this virtual and, and, and physical economy because to a large extent, it's already happening today, right? Like it's, I'm just expanding that and connecting it. Um, so it's in many ways, I view metaverse commerce as long-term over time and a story looks in long-term horizons as could be a connective tissue to all of that. Does that make sense to you? Like it, it connects really the the social, you know, you know, e-com and, and, and physical commerce into this kind of continuum of an experience which touches the consumer. Yeah, and I think that that point around trust is really key because as I mentioned in I think the second of the four pillars, data and data solutions that can ensure privacy um, whilst people yeah, will want to transact with brands, with retailers, with one another across different virtual spaces. Um, and then also in, 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 in a physical sense, you know, that they want that to be seamless. And to do that, you know, they, they need to be able to trust the identity solutions, the, the kind of way that various metadata, transactional data, buying data is associated to that. So that presents a, a huge opportunity. And again, it, it helps if you're a, you're a trusted player coming to the table with that. So look, Tom, it's been a, a real pleasure having you on. As I said, very excited about uh, having launched this program with you. I believe applications are still live. As I said at the top, not only do you get to work with uh, Outlier Ventures, who can help you with this kind of 360 of understanding Web3 business models, technology, innovation. You obviously get to work with store number eight and all that brings with it, which uh, Tom's done a great job of articulating. And of course, we also have uh, that additional venture partner, Synergist Capital, who I believe um, is very close to the Walmart organization. And so combined, I think uh, it's, uh, it's a real dream team to be able to exploring the, the future of metaverse um, commerce. So Tom, uh, real pleasure chatting to you. Thanks for your insights and, and really excited about this program. Likewise, thank you. I think the program is very exciting and great ideas come from entrepreneurs right P- people who are have no boundaries who can think if you can think it it's real right so really excited to partner with you if you enjoyed today's podcast please make sure you subscribe rate and share your feedback to help us reach as many people as possible with the important mission of web3 